Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey, everybody, welcome in. It is the Sunday night, Week Eight edition of the Utopia Football Podcast. Disappointment in Charlotte today as the Texans fall to the. Well, no longer winless, but previously winless. Carolina Panthers, 15-13, to 13, the final score. We are here to break it all down with you and do an autopsy on what was the biggest disappointment so far this season. The Texans with a chance to go 4-3 and three on the season. Instead, they fall to 3-4, and four, and we'll discuss what the ramifications are for all this and what this means moving forward. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast Sports Radio 610, joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer, our senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com. I'm sure doling out slews of F's and D's and grades like that today on his report card, the Hall of Famer, John McClain. John, this was a, uh, coming off of the bye week, this is a major kick in the junk today that Carolina administered on the Houston Texans. It was, and it proves they can't beat a bad team on the roads. Two two road games in a row, they've lost a field goal with no time left when the defense played great, couldn't get off the field. And if you'd asked me before the season if I'd have taken a, three and four record after seven games, I'd have said, hell yeah, I picked them to win six. I'd love to take a three, four record. That'd be times for excitement. But the fact is you can't go against a winless team, giving up 31 points a game tied for the worst in the league with Denver against the league's worst run game. And you don't run it any better, barely better than your average. And then you can't score, but two touchdowns, none passing 
is just, and I feel bad for the defense. Defense only did two things wrong. It deserved better when you only give up one touchdown in a road game. Defense deserved a better fate. But overall, what a disappointment. That shows how much improvement they've made under D'Amico Ryans that everybody is so bummed out that they lost to the Panthers on the road. Yeah, I think that's, you know, if if we're going to go glass half full, like, okay, the fact that this loss hurts so bad is an indicator of how much progress that they've made in those six weeks. Like, man, we were supposed to win this game and we didn't win this one. I think, you know, John, for me, for me, I think the wake up call is I've probably been as guilty as anybody at looking ahead, not just at who the opponent is next week, but what the rest of the season looks like comparing quarterbacks to CJ Stroud on the schedule. Would the Texans be a favorite or an underdog in how many games going the rest of the way if those two teams were to play today? Fact of the matter is they play those teams when they play those teams, and a lot of these teams are going to look really different. Obviously, by the time the Texans play them, particularly when you talk about the Tennessee Titans, who knows what that looks like based on how Will Levis looked today against the Atlanta Falcons. That was kind of a a shocker, I would say. Um, But my my big thing is this is – I would tell people to just buckle up. They're going to probably have at least another loss or two like this one this year where they go in as the favorite and they make mistakes and somehow they walk out with a loss. They're probably going to have a game or two that we're not expecting them to win that they win. You know, I think that's, that's, I think that's just going to be what this team is, John. Like they've got enough talent to really compete with practically all the NFL. I mean, look at some of the score, John Denver just got done beating Kansas city by two touchdowns. Kansas City scored 28 points in two games against the Denver Broncos, who gave up 70 to the Miami Dolphins. Like, this is this is one of the strangest years in the NFL that I can remember in terms of outcomes and parity and things like that. So I my overall feel on the Texans just as to what they are right now, like moving forward, like big picture this year, what they can accomplish, hasn't shifted too, too much. It's just that I feel like the path that we're going to use to get there is going to be one that's going to have some – there's still some more unexpected things lurking around the corner with this team based on honestly, like youth, youth at quarterback and youth, relatively speaking at the head coach spot too. And uh, Jared Patterson, the center, the rookie center who done a terrific job and was not going to come out of that position when Juice Scruggs is activated for hamstring. Now we'll have to, because he's out with a really bad ankle injury and, um, so another injury to the offensive line, but they've been able to overcome that. Running game isn't any good, no matter who's up there. Yeah. But if they beat Tampa, they'll be four and four. Who wouldn't have been happy with four and four? But the fact is they should be competing for a wild card berth. It's amazing. Jacksonville just continues to win. Hasn't lost since the Texans hammered them in Jacksonville. It's amazing to think the Texans – the way they beat Jacksonville and Pittsburgh back-to-back, two teams with winning records, and they struggled to beat New Orleans, and then they've lost on field goals with no time left at Atlanta and in this game. And um, I think both sides of the ball, they're improved. Special teams are good. Uh, teams are going to – it's kind of like hitters that see a pitcher, and they see that pitcher a couple of times, and then they, they have a way to hit him. And that's what's happening with C.J. Stroud. Basically, D'Amico Ryan's admitted that in his post-game news conference in which he said teams got tape and they're going to figure out what they want to do. Well, in other words, Bobby Slowick and Stroud have to make adjustments too. And we're still talking about a rookie quarterback. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, he, do, he you know he's going to have a bad game. All rookie quarterbacks have bad games. And it wasn't a horrible game. It just wasn't a standard that he had set. Uh, in previous games and 
and they blew it, but they, they, they very well could be right now instead of three, four, they could be five and two, if not for those field goals with no time left, if they could have just gotten off the field. So we should feel good about them. But the fact that we feel bad about them uh, shows you where they are right now, which is way ahead of what we expected. They deserve to lose today. They 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 they, deserve, they they beat themselves in many respects. John, just little things like the delay a game penalty on their final drive that t- took what would have been a long Kaimi Fair, uh, Fairburn field goal attempt, which if he had made would have forced the Panthers to score a touchdown to win the game, not a field goal. They get a delay a game penalty and then they throw incomplete on third and ten and they they have to punt because it's a fifty eight yard field goal, not a fifty three yard field goal attempt. Um, things like early in the game where, where Will Anderson gets a sack on Bryce Young, but Kadar Holman is holding downfield. That was the drive where Carolina went and scored their only touchdown of the game. Um, so they, Andrew Beck fumbling a, a ball in their own territory, handed them, gift wrapped them three points. 27-yard line. Yeah. So, so I mean, they, they deserve to lose this game today. I mean, that's the part – that that like helps me sleep. It's not like they got robbed by the referees. I mean, they lost to an inferior team on paper. Um, you know, Bryce Young, I, John. I told you this last week when we were talking, or when I was talking to people from Charlotte. They just wanted Bryce Young to have a good game. They they could care less about winning that football game. They just wanted Bryce Young to have a good game. I'd say Bryce was probably like a B or a B plus. Like he was running, he was, you know, he was pressured like crazy. I, I don't know that those sacks were necessarily his fault or the line, you know, like who, who we dole out fault to on the six sacks, which helped keep the game close. Um, but uh, Bryce definitely won the battle between the two quarterbacks today. So they got their wish there. Bryce beat CJ and the Panthers beat the Texans today. Best of both worlds for the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. They had their cake and ate it too. And John, you said a, a moment ago, Texans should be competing for a wild card. They are. Because here are the the two the final two wild card teams in the AFC right now, seed six and seven, as you and I speak. Obviously, there's still a Sunday night and Monday night game to be played. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns are both four and three. Those are your six and seven seeds. The Jets and the Bengals are both four and three on the outside looking in. And John, then there's the Texans, the Titans, the Raiders, the Colts, the Broncos. And if the Chargers beat the Bears tonight, then the Chargers have three wins. The Texans would be at the top of the heap, tiebreaker-wise, of a half dozen teams with three wins. Like this, this AFC wild card race is a freaking mosh pit right now. Like it's because there's other than the Patriots who are two and six, there's no horrible, horrible teams. You know, like they like even Denver has gotten their legs under them a little bit and beat Kansas City today. So from that standpoint, it's super exciting to have the Texans not be the one or one of two teams that are just sitting there staring at everybody else, battling it out. It's fun to have them in the middle of it. Today was big time disappointing, but hopefully they dust themselves off and have a much better showing against the Buccaneers next week. Well, if they lose to Tampa at home, then there's going to be, we're going to be like same, not same old Texans, but nobody's going to be talking playoffs. It's fun to talk playoffs because they are in the race, but man, they got to beat the Buccaneers. They got to beat the Buccaneers because they got the Bengals the following week, and the Bengals look like they've some they figured some things out. <laughs> they they rolled up the 49ers today in San Francisco, and now San Francisco's lost three in a row. It's just a wild season. It feels like feels like every time we turn around one week and we're saying this team's the greatest thing ever, they turn around and they lose. You know, to remember, to, tried and true is not what you do in September and October, but November and December now yep, January. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so the Texans lose fifteen to thirteen. 
Uh, John, you want to do a little four stock up, four stock down here? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. We do for each and every game. Uh, we do uh, following the game. We do four stock up, four stock down, four things that look a whole lot better than uh, we thought, or that that, uh, that looked really good in this game, uh, or around the league, and then stock down. Obviously, it, it explains itself. Stock up, stock down. You you guys know what that is, John. You as always go first, my friend. I'm going to say this, and I got to be a duo. I've never seen in Texans history an end and a tackle have the kind of games that Jonathan Goddard and Malik Collins did today. They've had great games between two ends like J.J. Watt and Jadeveon Clowney, but never an end in a tackle. Grenard, two and a half sacks. Uh, Malik Collins had two. They had seven combined knockdowns uh, of Bryce Young. They had, I think, combined four tackles for loss. They were just fantastic, and they were great against the run. This was the best run defense they've had. They averaged fewer than two yards of carry, 44 Overall, the line played great. I gave him an A-plus on my report card, and it started with Grenard, who's playing for a new contract. And, uh, you know, he's playing for money. If he stays healthy all year, we've seen in the past him flash what he's capable of doing. And Malik Collins is kind of their most underrated guy on defense other than his contract, which Nick Casario had given him extension last year. But those two were a gruesome twosome as we get closer to Halloween. So, John, you're telling me in a game where the Texans lost to a team that was 0-6, you're taking away two of the stock-ups in one bullet point from me here? I am, because taking, I got some others if you need you're, help. You're taking – no, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll discover a few others in there, and I may even step outside the Texans game for one of them, but that's – it's all good. I just thought that was funny. I'm like, I can't believe you're thieving two – game they lose 15-13 to an 0-6 team, and John's taking two in one bullet point on stock-up. But it is true. They did work in tandem with each other. They I'll were allow outstanding. It. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'll allow it. Um, I'm going to go Noah Brown. You know, on a game where there weren't uh, there there weren't much, there wasn't much to write home about in the passing game, as C.J. Stroud <laughs> uh, said in great detail following the game today. It's very evident C.J. Stroud wants to throw the ball downfield a little bit more. I think I think he's as tired of this run game as maybe we all are. Um, but Noah Brown, I mean, three catches, 57 yards. So like on paper, you go, okay, well, that's a nice day. There's probably a lot of guys that had those numbers and it's true, but he was the best out of a group of receivers that didn't really get out of first gear the whole game. I don't think it's their fault necessarily. 
Um, but he also, John, had two huge catches on the Texans' first touchdown drive, like really nice catches. The, the first down, the catch on third down to convert where he he stretched out for the ball along the sidelines. And then he had one of the biggest plays of the first half on that 22-yard catch where C.J. threaded the needle to get them down to the two-yard line, and they eventually punch it in from there. So uh, I'm going to go Noah Brown, who's been very solid since he came back from the injury, and especially considering there was no Robert Woods today, it was cool to see Noah Brown maybe fill a little bit of that void. He's had two 31-yard catches the last two weeks. The one on the sideline in which he stepped out of bounds and came back in, it was deflected, which meant he could catch it, and he immediately signaled deflection. And the officials had to change it and get it right and did a really good job on the explanation. But I'd love to see them get the ball to him more because he's been good. And you think the more he plays, the better he's going to get considering how much time he missed. Yep. What's your next one, John? Okay. The first one was the greatest in tackle combination in team history. This one is the best punting job in team history. <laughs> Cam Johnston averaged 48.7. His net was gross. His net was 45.3. Put four inside the 20. And he had the longest punt in franchise history outside the end zone of 74 yards with a net of 66. It's too bad they didn't win the game because he changed the field position and was phenomenal. Another guy playing for a new contract. Well, he he saved them three points at the end of the half there, John. You know, when I, I liked what D'Amico Ryans was doing, using the timeouts to get the ball back. CJ taking that sack on first down was just inexcusable. Uh, you got to get rid of that football. You got to find a way. You can't take that sack there because not only does it change, not only does it essentially put you in a spot where you're not even really trying to get a first down anymore. You're just trying to make the Panthers use up their timeouts, and then you've got to leave it up to the defense again. Um, you know, so that was that was just inexcusable there um, by uh, by CJ. But then Cam Johnston bails everybody out by punting the ball 74 yards. And the Panthers made a little bit of headway on that drive. But the headway ended at about, you know, their own 45 or 50 yard line. It didn't end in field goal range. You know, the, the fact that he punted that thing about 25 yards further than even good punters would normally punt it, um, I think. I, in my opinion, may have saved the Texans three points right there. Ultimately, they lose by two. But at that point in the game, it allowed them to keep the lead going into the locker room at halftime. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100% on, uh, on Cam Johnson. What did he get on your report card, John, Cam Johnson? Hey, uh, well, it's, it's special teams, so I can't give special teams an A+. Well, that plus. sucks because Cam Johnson got dragged down yeah. by the horrible coverage units then. He did, and the fact yeah. that Kaimi Fairbairn get, didn't get to kick a field goal, but I still gave him – I can't remember what it was, maybe B, B-plus because I am. Okay. Um, moving along, one more stock up. Denzel Perryman got back on the field today, did a really good job. Um, he led the team in tackles. He had a TFL. He came up big on a third down. He had a nice sack on a blitz. Um, he was part of the pass breakup on the goal line stand early in the game. Um, Denzel Perryman showed up today big time uh, on this uh, for this team defensively. It was good to see him back out there. He got hurt, and everybody's holding their breath, but he came back. He's one of those physical guys that, has, that sets that kind of tone. He, along with Jimmy Ward and Will Anderson, sets the kind of tone at the three levels that D'Amico Ryans wants with the physicality. I would say, too, John, real quick, and you'll like this because I'm giving credit to a Baylor Bear. Like, you look at the box score, and Jalen Petrie, had, he had four tackles and one TFL, and you go, okay, well, that's, you know, it's not bad. Um, man, he, he – Blitzing, 
and coming off the edge, Jalen Petrie, the way they use him, the way D'Amico uses him, that's he's already a really good player. Like I think once they stack this defense with a few more talented pieces that really force teams to uh, that really force opposing offenses to have to make some some very hard decisions as to what to do offensively and who to block. Um, man, Petrie's gonna Petrie's gonna be filling that stat sheet because of the way they use him. When he's up, when he gets up next to that line of scrimmage and he blitzes, he should have had a sack today on one of those plays. It was the play where Bryce Young spins out of it and he throws it deep downfield to was it Thielen that caught it down there? I'm trying to remember. Thielen, yeah. Yeah. So um, of course, like who else would it be um on Carolina? But uh Petrie is an honorable mention for me, John. He, like drove, I, he, he drove that running back back into Bryce Young, yeah. reached up and grabbed him, but the back was pulling him down, which was smart to keep him yeah. away from Bryce Young. And he did have a sack earlier. He shared the sack with Will Anderson that was wiped out. Oh, that was nullified. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, all right, so that's our stock up. John, should be no problem finding anything on the buffet for stock down. I'm going to do another duo. C.J. Stroud and Bobby Slowick. Mm -hmm. They had two weeks to prepare for this game, and Bobby Slowick had a lot of curious calls. And when a defense is doing things to take away from the passing game, you got to find ways to adjust. And it was asked by me on Friday on uh, uh, with by Ron Hughley about should Bobby Slowick change something to help Damian Pierce run the way he's used to running. Well, Pierce had a 16-yard run, but that was it in the running game just because they got 110 yards. Everybody's ready to pop the champagne courts, which is only two yards more than they usually – than they average. But I thought Slowick – and Stroud didn't throw an interception, and he didn't lose a fumble. He took a sack that was his fault. That means in the last four games – let's see, three, five games, they've given up four sacks. Two of them have clearly been his fault. But he threw for 140 yards, and it just wasn't productive. And uh, I just thought the two of them, I don't know if, if that was Slowick's worst game. It's the worst game in which he should have won. But I expected more coming out of the bye week and having two two weeks to prepare for this game. John, they've got to realize who they are at this point. This this insistence on leaning on the run game and putting themselves in these horrible down-and-distance situations because they've got to run the football. I'm not saying don't ever run the football, but it's absurd that, it, that against this team, that CJ's throwing the ball 24 times and you're running Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary into a brick wall 30 times. Like that's just and Mike Boone and Tank Dale. They're all running and none of them had success. Yeah. The best runs, like even the, they went 30 carries for 110 yards, which for the Texans is incredible, but for your average NFL team, it's below average. It's still less than four yards a carry, but John, you even look at the best runs on the box score and like Damian Pierce's 16 yard run, he was hit in the backfield. And, and was able to escape and then ran for 16 yards. Like Devin Singletary's long run was for nine yards. He got hit in the backfield. And, and it, it's, it's by the greatness of Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce on those plays that you got the 16 yards and the nine yards and Tank Dell making a guy miss at the line of scrimmage that's unaccounted for. Like none of it is because the play is so well designed. It's because these guys are able to break tackles and guys are just comedically unblocked on these plays John, we know enough about this team now where they, they shouldn't be doing anything. They should not be sacrificing anything for the sake of like 2024. Like, well, we're going to keep that. This is going to be our offensive line next year. So we're going to run the football, even though we're not good at it right now, because boy, if, if we can just get this ground game, you know, in sync and everybody gets, knows what they're doing and whatnot, we're going to be better long-term for this. 
this team can make the playoffs now. Like if you're doing things that are that are that that are the antithesis of winning football, stop doing them and running the football right now. When they throw incomplete on first down or they get stuffed on first down and they run it on second down, you are asking to be in third and seven or third and eight. That's why CJ Stroud brings it up every week how they're in third and long all the time. They're in third and long because the play calling sucks half the time. So I think that that to me, like I, I get it. Maybe you come back into this game. This is a bad Carolina team when it comes to defending the run. You had two weeks to get your house in order. Hey, we're starting the same unit three weeks in a row on the offensive line, blah, 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 blah. You still stunk against a bad defense. I think they need to take a serious look in the mirror this week as to exactly what the identity of this team is this year. And it needs to be finding a way to lean on C.J. Stroud and not – if you run the football – then it's a product of what C.J. Stroud is doing, or maybe you're spreading things out a little bit and running it that way. It ain't working. It ain't working, and it's hard to watch. Who you sound like you did with Sloak early in the season. Yeah. Maybe he'll hear it and come back with a great game. Last time I motivated him into two straight wins. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to make sure he hears it. I'll two ask straight, him on Thursday. 30, I was like, well, Bobby John Bendergast says. Yes, tell, tell him. Tell him. Yeah, two straight 30-plus point performances uh, he had after that tirade after the Colts game by me. Um, all right, so you did your stock down with Sloic and C.J. Stroud. All right, I won't get on you for, for taking two of them again this time. What about next one? <laughs> okay. Um, is it Andrew Beck? Because I'm going to give you Andrew Beck. No, uh, his, his fumble today, John. The 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 in the third quarter. Um, thankfully, because of the defense, it didn't result in a score by the Panthers. It would have made it a two score game if the Panthers were able to punch that into the end zone. It would have been sixteen to seven, not twelve to seven. Um, but uh, but Andrew Beck for that fumble is the only turnover of the day. It was in a horrible spot on the field. And I'm sorry, Andrew Beck's just not. And I know he scored a touchdown. Good job. Um, Andrew Beck's just not – he's not an impactful enough player to where he can be fumbling the football carelessly in his own territory. There, there are – Andrew Beck, within the framework of what they him to do, to make up for that mistake, he – whatever you're asking him to do, he literally, literally have to be perfect at doing it for about 50 plays to make up for fumbling the football on one of his rare touches at their own 27-yard line. So he gets a stock down from me today. Touchdown or no he'd, touchdown? He'd have to return a kickoff 85 yards for a touchdown to make up for that, <laughs> right? That happened. Yeah, yeah. That's – that's. oh, wait, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he would again. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. So you um, mentioned... Kadar Holman earlier, and he's going to be one yeah. of mine. So I won't. Go ahead. I got another twosome. Two of the okay. starting linebackers, Henry Toa Toa and Christian Harris, combined for three tackles, all by Toa Toa. Harris knocked down one pass. When you have two linebackers in the NFL who get on the field, they got to make more tackles. Mm -hmm. And the linebackers, Denzel Perryman must have done all the work, and Shaquille Griffin had eight solos to lead the team. But, uh, they didn't run the ball that much, but they still limited them 44 yards. And I was generous with the linebackers because Blake Cashman was good again with a sack, even though he 
gave up the only touchdown, the the touchdown catch uh, to the tight end Tremble, uh, which was a great pass by Bryce Young and a great catch. But I'm going with Toa Toa and uh, Christian Harris. You can't have two starting linebackers combined for three tackles in a game. No, I'll be anxious to see how much they were even on the field, John. You know, like I, I the you know, like I, uh, Christian Harris only played nine snaps against the Saints, you know, and it's I, and I thought the same thing. I think I'm like, boy, I didn't notice Christian Harris very much. Turns out, yeah, you didn't notice him because he was hardly on the field. It felt like Blake Cashman and Denzel Perryman were out there a lot. I, I do know that against the Saints, they went with a lot of nickel. Like MJ Stewart had like 60 snaps in that game or something. And Jimmy Warden. And and Jalen Petrie were both healthy. I know Jimmy Ward played a lot of slot in that game, a lot of slot corner in that game. So I'll be interested to see. You're right, Perryman and, and Christian Harris not really showing up. I'll be interested to see what the snap counts were for each guy and see if the reason they weren't showing up is because Matt Burke and D'Amico Ryan's chose not to put them on the field at all. Which you wouldn't know? be good, and you stick with Perryman and Cashman because Cashman's the best. But uh, Christian Harris, I expected so much more from him this season because he's he was healthy and he looked good in training camp but right now if he's not getting on the field that, what does that say about him he's a disappointment absolutely yeah absolutely i mean it's third round pick so it's hard to say he's a bust like third round pick you know those are coin flippers but uh based on expectations you're absolutely right um i'll give you my last one john um and maybe this is unfair but i'm gonna go stock down on D'Amico ryan's uh, stock down, you know, this, this was the first chance we've had to see, uh, D'Amico Ryan's coach team come out of the bye week, um, come out of a two week period where they're probably hearing a lot of great things about how awesome they are. I, you can't, you can't tell me you can put yourself in a complete vacuum these days in 2023. If you have a phone, then you're hearing from people about how awesome you are, whether it's texts from friends or articles about the Texans. And this was the first time in a long time, they've been a favorite on the road and so this is new territory for them they're the hunted instead of the hunter they're they're coming up coming off a of bye week there's no two ways about it his team came out flat and they made a bunch of mistakes and they had 10 penalties like they played poorly coming out of the bye week you know it's that is a that is a big measuring stick for who the great coaches are the the gold standard is Andy Reid you know who his record coming off the bye week in his career is like 19 and 2 or something like that he's a great coach I think D'Amico Ryans has the potential to be a great coach. And this is not me being out on D'Amico Ryans in any way, shape, or form. They got the right guy to be the coach of this team. But the segment is stock up and stock down. And it's impossible to say that D'Amico's stock is anything but slightly down after today, with this being the first time he's had a team coming out of the bye week and considering who their opponent is too. They were playing a team that was winless today, also with a rookie quarterback with a rookie play caller on the other side too, calling play first time play. I caller. forgot all about that. Thomas, Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown. Yeah. So, um, so it's gotta be, it's not, it's not an overall stock down. I don't think D'Amico Ryan's is the right guy. It is an in the moment week eight heading into week nine stock down on D'Amico Ryan's. They're too good. At, this team is too well coached to have a performance like this against a team giving up 31 points a game, 141 yards rushing. You can't come close to the rushing. You can't come close to the points. It was just a poor performance. And I feel bad about the defense, but they didn't force a turnover. Kadar Holman had that penalty that wiped out a sack on third down and what ended up being a touchdown drive. So the Defense couldn't get off the field in the last series, so it shared in the defeat, but, boy, it still was a whole lot better. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Like that's that's and John, that's the only bad thing I can say about the defense really is they just couldn't get off the field. They could. They had a fourth and two at midfield. You know, you have fourth and two, stop them, and they almost did. You know, uh, so that's just a tremendously, tremendously disappointing day um, for the um, for the Houston Texans. When if they had won, uh, boy, we're talking about all sorts of possibilities. So, um, you know, Arizona I, loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's true. I still don't think that pick is going to be what they thought it was going to be no, when they made that not. trade. No way, Will Anderson. Yeah, I, I, I still don't. Texans are still going to win their share of games. The rest of the way, in my opinion, but today was uh, today. Today was certainly a wake up call. Today, to me, is the thing where you go, okay, well, I, I don't know what to think about the rest of the schedule. Like, there's no game you can point to now and say, oh, they're definitely winning that one. Definitely win that. You know, it's they're a good enough team to you get ten games left. You know, they they're going. They go five and five. That feels about right. <laughs> you know, the rest the rest of the way. Tell you, um, I'll tell you what's amazing, Sean. The Jets have a better record than the Texans. Yeah, the Robert Sala. I said that in the post game, John. Robert Sala. People laughed at him the day after Aaron Rodgers got hurt um, when he said, "Why is everybody treating this like it's an obituary?" You know, a lot of people laughed at him, saying, "No, your season's over, dude. Zach Wilson's your quarterback, and your team has got to be your team's got to feel like they're cursed losing Aaron Rodgers." Robert Sala's he's closer to winning Coach of the Year right now. You know, like he's four and three with Zach Wilson as your quarterback, especially considering he's a defensive head coach. And it's the defense that's the linchpin of what what's getting it done. He, he's done an amazing job so far this year. Last week on my shows in Tennessee, I do two on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They're ready to fire Vrabel. They think it's the season's over. That Vrabel shouldn't have gone to the Patriots and been put in their Hall of Honor on a Sunday. He should have been back preparing for the next game. And Will Levis is not any good. And Will Levis throws four touchdown passes, three to DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. two bombs. And all of a sudden, they're popping the champagne corks, and the Titans are tied with the Texans. And those uniforms looked smooth. Didn't they? They looked really smooth. Yeah. Hated seeing it. Hated seeing Hopkins run around in that uniform. Going to hate it in week 15 when he's running around. But, yeah, Will Levis, John. Will Levis, four touchdown passes today. So, announcing his presence with authority. Yeah, no picks. Did a nice job. After the game, he he and other veterans defend when Malik Willis went out of the field, fans booed like crazy. And I don't think Malik Willis is going on the field anymore, but everybody, Levis, Derrick Henry, all of them kind of chastised the fans for booing at Malik Willis. But now we're going to get to see Will Levis and CJ Stroud barring injury two times in December. That'll be fun. That should be fun. Yeah, that should be a whole lot of fun. Um yeah, that always works out when you tell fans what to do. You know, that's, that's I'm sure I'm sure they'll stop booing Malik Willis when he comes on the field. Well, he better not be on the field again. No, yeah. Well, it's uh, Levis looked really, really good. So you got a report card, John. It sounds like that's up on SportsRadio610.com. Should be posted by now. You know, it's hard. Like, I've, I've given so many F's and F minuses in the past, and I I couldn't. I don't think I I may have given them an F here because you can't blow a game like this. Yeah. And I'm thinking, geez, they're on the road. They lose with a field goal with no time left. And I gave F's to tight ends because Dalton Schultz was targeted five times and he was had two catches for five yards. You know, overall their receiver they averaged eight point eight yards a, a catch, where the Panthers two running backs averaged thirteen yards a catch. So. Um, it was it was easy, like I couldn't give the defense. You know the def- the linebackers I gave my lowest grade, but because it was B minus I think, and uh, but the everybody played great on against the run, so it's hard sometimes to differentiate. In the past they just looked so p- 
pathetic, so anemic, yep. so no chance. And now they have a chance to win every game, of course, except Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're still guaranteeing that one. I know your 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 guarantee looks. And I'm feeling better about it. Every yeah, week, you should. Right? You should. I'm the one. If we want to rewind, I'm the one that looks like a jerk right now. But we'll see. Things can change in a couple of weeks. All right, John. I enjoyed that as always, even though it was in the aftermath of a loss. Thank you very much, Sean. As always, I look forward to doing the next one on Tuesday. On Tuesday, yes. Email us. We do our mailbag on Tuesday. H O U mailbag at gmail.com. H-O-U-Mailbag at gmail.com. And our producer, James Jackson, says it right there in the chat. Baker's coming. Baker's coming. Okay, well, we'll see. I'm a little more worried about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin than I am Baker. But <laughs> <laughs> Baker's coming. <laughs> Baker's coming. Uh, our producer, James. Some Baker's huge... coming to deliver bread. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's here. He's got pizza for you. All right. Uh <laughs> Speaking of James, he does a great job getting the podcast out to you guys. Hit that subscribe button wherever it is you get your your copy of the Utopia Football Podcast, wherever it is you get your download. If you hit subscribe, then you don't have to do anything else. Your technology does the rest. That's all you got to do. Uh, so for James Jackson and John McClain, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. I got to get home. It's a Sunday night. We'll be back on Tuesday. H-O-U-Mailbag at gmail.com to send us your Texans, NFL questions, whatever it is you got for us. Send them to us. H-O-U-Mailbag at gmail.com. Until Tuesday, have a great week, everybody.